Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The LSU Tigers. LSU wins the BCS. One team, one heartbeat. The New Orleans Hornets select Anthony Davis. And a 10, Mardi Gras about to break out. Talk about my thing. To the 20, Geis, touchdown. Who that? This is the Chris Gordy Show. Hour number two underway here on the Chris Gordy Show, Sports 1280 New Orleans. And a pleasure now to be joined by this guy, former SEC offensive lineman. This guy won just about every award and trophy that you can win in the college football realm. He is uh, Barrett Jones, former offensive lineman at the University of Alabama. Barrett, how are you, man? Good good to join us this morning. I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I, first, admittedly, we weren't too big fans of you down here in South Louisiana throughout your college career. Tremendous career at Alabama that you had and uh, went on to the NFL. Now you're getting into the broadcasting world. What's the uh, transition been like for you? Hey, I understand, man. No hard feelings. Uh, <laughs> you know, I wasn't a tremendous LSU fan either at that time. Uh, I did res- always respect the Tigers and look forward to that game. And uh, it was probably my favorite game on the schedule every year. I love playing you guys. Uh, but no, the, the transition's been awesome. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of hard work, uh, but I'm really enjoying it. You know, I got a lot to learn, uh, but I think it's just been a lot of fun calling games, and it's something I've always dreamed of doing. And so, it's, uh, it's a really neat experience. To to me, and and a lot of the former players that I talk to that make that transition to the broadcast world is the hardest thing for them is to be critical because. You know, you're as a player. When a player's not playing well or something like that, you 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 know you want to talk good about. It. Oh, look, he's he's getting better every day and all this. And so it's hard to come out of that coach speak world where you got to be. Hey, real talk. If this guy's not playing well, you got to say, hey, he's got to do a better job and step up. Is that a kind of a challenge for you? No, you're right. It's definitely been a challenge. Uh, you know, and you know, I, I don't. I'm not the kind of guy that wants to go out and just say controversial things and say them. You know, but sometimes there are things that that need to be said and. Uh, like I'm sure you guys are, are experiencing down there in Louisiana right now, there's a lot of things that need to be said. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I definitely uh, – that's that's been tough. You know, I think another tough adjustment is has been uh, not saying we when talking about Alabama. <laughs> I've been trying to say they. That's been really tough. Uh, but, thankfully, uh, they, Alabama, have not have had a pretty good season. So, I think it'll be even tougher when I have to, you know, criticize them down the road if they have a bad year. But, you know, so far in the last two weeks, there hasn't been a whole lot to criticize. So, that's been nice. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. I guess let me get your outsider's perspective on where LSU has gone. I mean, look, a lot of people questioned the Ed Ogeron hire when it happened, and you know, the, but a lot of people said, look, he did a tremendous job as an interim coach last year, played Alabama tough, and, and really, you know, came within a, an eyelash of beating Florida. So I think a lot of people, you know, maybe he wasn't their first choice, but a lot of people were on board with the with the hire. Uh, because he's such a great recruiter and all that. But from what you've seen from the outside, I mean, how has this thing gone sideways so quickly? Not just getting beat down in Mississippi State, but then losing at home to a team like Troy this past week. Uh, a lot of fans really questioning the direction of, of this program. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's it's been honestly shocking to me. Uh, I uh, I couldn't believe my eyes watching that Troy game. And, you know, I I, uh, I was not really a huge fan of the hire, but 
you know, I, I think you can say a lot about Les Miles. He never really won the big games, but his teams always were very physical. The shocking thing to me, I know this has been said a lot now, but you go back and watch that film, and LSU was so soft. And I thought that that would never be a word that was coming out, out of my mouth because I'm telling you, when we used to play these guys, I would be sore for weeks afterwards uh, just because of the physical mindset of that game. It wasn't always maybe the most you know creative offense or whatever, but it was a physical football game. Uh, and they kind of you know, got dominated in a lot of scrimmage against Troy, which is just so surprising. You know, usually games like that are kind of, uh, you know, the, the, the smaller team makes a play here and there or that kind of thing. But, you know, this was a little different watching this football game. It was Troy kind of, in a lot of ways, dominated this football game. And it really wasn't even as close as the score indicated uh, when you kind of watch the battle in the trenches going on. It, it was It was shocking to me and really confusing. I don't understand exactly you know, what's going on with the players or if it's coaching or where to put the blame. But I just know what I saw in the film. And, man, these guys were just soft and got dominated up front. We're talking with Barrett Jones, former offensive lineman, uh, all all SEC offensive lineman for years uh, at the University of Alabama, now in the broadcast world. Uh, Barrett, uh, we, we heard last year when, you know, under Les Miles, they were known for having long, grueling practices. And one of the things that Ogeron did when he took over last year was he said, look, we're going to shorten our practices, we're going to make them a little bit lighter. And a lot of the players responded well to that and really enjoyed it. But my perspective, looking back on that, was, okay, but they had gone through the full summer and the start of fall with really tough, hard practices and all that, so it felt like they were conditioned well. They were in really good shape. And I wonder if maybe that carried over into this offseason because – you know, they clo- let Ogeron close practices throughout the, the end of the summer and, and, the, and the start of fall to the media. And so I wonder if maybe he took that same perspective and maybe they weren't having those long, grueling practices like they had been used to. And maybe it, that's what made them soft. In your years at Alabama, how, how was Nick Saban in his training regimen in terms of tough, grueling practices versus some days maybe going a little bit lighter? Well, I'm sure you can imagine how uh, Nick Saban's practices were. They're pretty, pretty much exactly like you'd expect. You know, we were in, in pads four days a week at Alabama, which I'm still not sure I've ever heard of anyone else in the country doing that. <laughs> two days of full pads and two days of, of shells, which if you've ever been to a shells practice where you're just wearing, you know, your shoulder pads and you're not wearing your pants, they're, they're literally no different than your full pad days. So, uh, you know, it, they were extremely grueling. Uh, we did a ton of good on good and, you know, it's it's going to be a big topic coming up because, you know, that, that's the NFL made those changes. It seems like college kind of followed behind the NFL a few years later and uh, in a lot of respects. And, you know, the NFL now has gone to these less contact practices, trying to extend players' careers. And, uh, you know, hey, I get it. I understand. Uh, as a player, I mean, gosh, I loved it. I appreciated it. You know, you don't want to go out there and, and hit and, you know, do team run and, and do live things and practice. I mean, it's it's not always a lot of fun, but – it's, it's kind of tough to argue with the results. I mean, you really look around. I'm an offensive lineman, as you know. You look around. There's kind of an offensive line epidemic right now. There's not as many good offensive lines in general or offensive linemen or really physical football. Uh, and I'm talking about the NFL and college. I mean, it's just, uh, I think, a big reason for that. It's hard not to connect those two things with the lack of, of physical practices all over the country uh, and, and the lack of good offensive line play. So, you know, I think it's definitely related. I, I'm not really sure what the solution is because uh you know we obviously want to make the game safer we want to make it better uh, we want to make it where guys can play longer uh but we obviously still want you know if you're a football coach you want to have a physical football team so i think it's definitely related it's hard to argue just looking around the country that it hasn't affected it because i think it clearly has 
If you had a false start at practice, what what was your punishment? Oh, a false start? Uh, <laughs> I'm just curious it what sa- on, it, how it, Nick it, Saban ran things. It kind of depends on your status. You know, if you're a, if you're a guy who does it a lot uh, versus if you're a, uh, you know, a guy who they probably trust. Uh, but I know in the NFL, you know, if you had a false start uh, in the game, in the game, not in practice, you have a false start in the game, uh, the next, the, the Monday after the game, uh, the, the team would line up and whichever, like if you had a false start, your position group would have to run like a full gasser. Uh, uh-huh. So that's kind of how they punish. But, I mean, every team does it a little differently. You know, Coach Saban was not really into the punishing for penalties kind of thing. <laughs> uh, he was more in the, I guess, penalty prevention uh, yeah. versus the penalty punishment of just kind of creating a culture of discipline. I've never personally been a huge believer that that's uh, an effective method of, you know, running around the field if you have a false start. I- I've heard more, more and more people doing it now. And, you know, hey, whatever, if that's what works for them, that's fine. Uh, but I think it, it's more just kind of the culture that you instill in your program all year round uh, versus just kind of slapping you on the wrist after you offend it. Yeah, I think a cold stare from Saban would be enough punishment for me. Just uh, with there's him no doubt <laughs> he, he can give a mean cold stare. There's, I mean, he uh, he got in my face lots of times, and he gave me a little more than a cold stare. Sometimes he gave me a few words to go along with that cold stare. Yeah, good mouthful. We're talking with uh, Barrett Jones, former SEC lineman, now broadcaster. So, uh, Barrett, uh, let's talk a little bit about the current state of the SEC and where some of these teams are. Uh, first, let's start with the, with Alabama. I mean, two weeks in a row, you beat Vanderbilt 59 nothing, and then you beat Ole Miss 66-3. to when, when the coaching staff and Nick Saban go into the film room on Monday, I mean, what the hell, what are they talking about? I mean, are they, like, what, what's the discussion there? We won 66-3. to where do, you, where do you clean up mistakes at? Yeah, I mean, that, that was the, the last two weeks have been pretty good weeks if you're an Alabama fan. Uh, you know, hard to find a, a whole lot going on. Uh, you know, I, I think there are things to improve on. I think this offensive line has continued to get better and continue to improve. You know, there's kind of a, a rich tradition and history of offensive line at the University of Alabama. They've had a lot of good ones, and a lot of people were kind of worried about this one coming into the season in the first few weeks, but I think they've really gotten better, and, and that's been a huge part. You kind of get the feeling, honestly, when you're watching this offense, that they've really just kind of started to scratch the surface. They have so much talent all over the field. Obviously, you know, talent at quarterback Jalen Hurts continues to improve. A stable of running backs, some good receivers, a solid offensive line. I mean, they, they, uh, they really have a, a whole lot going on offensively uh, that, that looks like they have potential to even be better. And then defensively, you know, it, it's kind of been uh, more of the same. That's been the more surprising thing to me is just the way guys have stepped in. And, you know, that they really don't have – kind of the name brand type guys that you're, we're used to seeing. Minka Fitzpatrick, I know, is will probably be a first-round guy, uh, maybe Deron Payne. But, you know, there, there's definitely more of kind of a collective, I guess, uh, you know, team-style effort, I guess, over there right now with, with fewer stars and more just key role players who are really playing good football. So, you know, I, I think uh, both of those games kind of got away, and, and I'm sure Coach Saban is, is spending this week kind of trying to keep the guys humble. You know, I think he's – I think he's half coach, half psychologist. He always tells you not what you want to hear, but what he feels like you need to hear. And you know, I'm sure right now he thinks the guys uh, need to be held accountable. And and uh, I can assure you, he found that every Monday they go in and they have a, a tape called "The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly," and they show uh, some good stuff and they show some bad stuff and show some ugly stuff. And you know, just kind of his subtle reminder that there's always things we can improve on. And I'm sure, I'm sure he found some stuff. Uh, and he'll always, uh, he'll always keep the guys ready, and, and I'm sure he uh, chewed them out about something. That's how it goes. 
Yeah, I want, I'm curious what the ugly was. See, look, Ole Miss kicking a field goal right here. It's unacceptable, guys. It just can't happen. I mean, like, what, what is the ugly from that game? Well, you know, it's not, it's not as much, uh, if, if you know Saban, it's not as much the result thing. It's more of the, the process kind of thing. Right. It's more of a missed assignment or a you know, guy got of his gap. It's, it's all about, you know, the, uh, the, the point of those tapes always is that it's about us. It's about our execution. Uh, you know, it's about what we do. That's kind of what he always says every week, and, and it's true. You know, the, it's not really about what the other team does. It's about, you know, what, what, what you guys do and how you execute the plays. So I'm sure he found some things where they didn't execute <laughs> properly and, uh, you know, made the changes. But, no, they're, they're playing good football right now. And, you know, just kind of the SEC in whole, uh, you know, I think it's, it, it's really more of a divided class conference than I can remember ever, honestly, in my lifetime. Yeah, it was. Uh, where you it have was... Alabama and, and Georgia and maybe Auburn, you know, at the top, top three. And then after that, you know, I really have no idea who the fourth best team is. Uh, you know, you can make an argument for several different teams. Uh, I really have no idea. There's kind of just, honestly, a lot of mediocrity, and that kind of hurts to say because I'm a huge SEC fan. But, you know, there's a lot of mediocre teams right now. And past those top three, uh, there's just kind of a lot of parity, and I think really any, anyone could beat anyone kind of in those, in those bottom 11. Yeah, no, you, you mentioned a good point. I mean, I think coming into last week, I think a lot of people said it's Alabama and Georgia far and away. But look, these past two weeks with Auburn, I mean, they put up 51 points against Mizzou, 49 points against Mississippi State. I think Jared Stidham's starting to click in that Malzahn offense. And yeah, I, I think I'd put Auburn in that group now, like you said. I think I think maybe those three teams are, are above and beyond the, the three tops in the SEC. No, no, I would too. And I think when you got a defense like Auburn has, you know, you kind of have time to sit back and, and figure it out, I guess. And that's kind of what they've done the the past few weeks, they've been shuffling guys around the offensive line. Uh, you know, they seem to kind of found a combination that works. And you know, they they guys people really got on this offensive line deservedly. So they had a disastrous performance against Clemson. But people kind of forget how well that defense played against Clemson. Uh, and that you know that performance against Clemson, that defensive performance, I should say, you know, it's kind of looking better and better the more we see Clemson play. So I think Auburn's a dangerous team. Uh, I think they have a lot of talent. And uh, I'm really looking forward to that Auburn-Georgia game. I think that'll be a fantastic football game, uh, you know, kind of to, to decide who the that second-best team is. And, you know, I think Alabama will probably have to get through both of those teams, uh, you know, probably one in, obviously, the Iron Bowl and the other in the SC Championship. So, you know, you never know what can happen. And uh, I think it'll be that we'll still have some fun games left. But, you know, overall, the disappointing part is just, like I said, those the, 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 the people past those three are just uh, – there's been a lot of disappointment. Last thing for you, Barrett. LSU goes into the swamp this week to take on Florida. Look, Florida's three and zero in the conference, but by by no means are they dominant. I mean, they they were heading to overtime with Tennessee and and hit a hail mary. They they you know score on a goal line play, a busted coverage play against Kentucky in the final minute to win there. So you know it, they haven't been world beaters by any means, but this will be an interesting test for this LSU team. They're getting they're getting healthy. They're getting uh, Rashard Lawrence, their defensive end back. Darius Guy should be back. So if they can go into Florida and put up a fight and come out with a win, I think Tiger fans will be feeling a lot different about this LSU team moving forward. Now if they go in there and they get smoked once again, I mean I think the down, downward spiral continues. No, I agree. I think it's a huge game. You know, anytime you have a loss like that, the next game is always a big game, particularly this game. Like you said, I mean, I definitely think it is winnable. I mean, you look at the talent on both sides. Like you said, I actually called Florida this year against Michigan, and, you know, that was a disastrous performance for them. So I've seen kind of what they can be at their worst. Uh, but I think they've gotten better, too. They've improved over the last few weeks. That offensive line, again, is, is starting to play better as the season 
picks up, and they seem to have found something in the running game with Davis. So, uh, you know, I, I think it'll be a very interesting football game, one I'll definitely be tuning in for. But, you know, I think at, at this point your concern, like you said, at LSU has to be if, if, they, if it's another bad loss, you know, it can really spiral quickly. And, and when, you ha- when you lose to a team like Troy, you kind of start asking yourself as a player, you know, what, what's, what's really going on here? And so, you know, if they can stabilize and right the ship, I think it'll tell a lot about, you know, Coach O and the staff and kind of the belief the guys have. Uh, but if they show up, or excuse me, if they really don't show up and, and get dominated in this game, then, you know, I think there'll be some serious red flags. And, you know, when it, when it spirals out of control, it can really go quickly. And, uh, you know, you can, you can turn a season that looked like a, an eight and four season into a four and eight season uh, in a hurry. So we'll see what happens. It's definitely a, a key game for LSU to, you know, go in and play well, because if they don't, uh, I'm worried about what will happen down there. He is Barrett Jones. You can follow him on Twitter at Barrett A. Jones, former offensive lineman in the SEC, now broadcaster. Barrett, thanks so much for jumping on with us, man. We really appreciate the time, and uh, I'm sure we'll be catching up again soon. Hey, always fun. You know, I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to curry some favor down there in Louisiana, so <laughs> any nice words can help. Uh, you know, actually, i got to say one more thing before I get off, but I actually went to the game last year, uh, the LSU-Alabama game. It was my first time to be down there. As what a, a game. Everyone was really nice to me, uh, so I, I, you know, I just—it was a big compliment to the LSU fans. I thought I would experience some hate, uh, but I didn't. There were a lot of people who were very polite. Uh, you know, the tailgating experience—you hear a lot of horror stories, but uh, just about how intense they are. But yeah, everybody was really nice. So I got to say uh, to the LSU fans, I really appreciate the hospitality. Well, if you have any of eligibility left, just let us know, Barrett. We could u- we could use you on that old line right now. <laughs> he is Barrett Jones, former SEC offensive line. Barrett, thanks again for the time, man. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Okay, bud. We'll talk to you soon. Barrett Jones there, former Alabama offensive lineman, now a broadcaster, does some stuff with the SEC Network, ESPN Radio. So I appreciate him jumping on with us. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll continue the conversation. Chris Gordy Show here on Sports 1280 New Orleans. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.